Welcome to this week's Open View podcast, where you can hear this week's news on the wheat, malting barley, oilseed rape and pulses markets, and also find out their latest prices. Starting with wheat and this week's headlines, the Wagner mercenary chief Prigozhin is reported dead, further Russian attacks on Danube and Odessa ports, and an analyst raises Russian wheat production 5 million tonnes. Reports are circulating that the Wagner Group's chief Prigozhin has died when a jet he was allegedly a passenger on crashed, killing all on board. There are reports that the Wagner troops, currently stationed in Belarus, may seek to avenge Prigozhin's death. And given the ease with which they marched on Moscow in June, this would be a problem Putin could do without if they did so again, amidst reports of growing unrest inside Russia following Ukrainian missile attacks on Russian soil. Russia continued their attacks on Odessa and the Danube, which the market continues to discount amidst various reports of increased Ukrainian exports via Romania, subsidised logistical support for Ukrainian goods by the EU, a Ukrainian-funded insurance scheme for ship owners and a new Ukrainian-led safe corridor along the Black Sea coastline. There was also a meeting attended by Russia, Turkey and Qatar to discuss a new grain deal to replace the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Under the new deal, Russia would be supplying its grain primarily to African countries, Qatar would sponsor the supplies and Turkey would oversee organising the deal. The meeting ended with no deal being concluded. Whether any of the potential solutions result in any tangible benefits remains to be proven. In the meantime, Poland and Hungary have repeated their calls for the banning of Ukrainian imports, which expires on the 15th of September, to be extended. Poland in particular have indicated that they will ignore the edict from the EU Commission regarding the lifting of the ban. Egypt bought only one cargo of Romanian wheat at their tender this week, which saw Russian offers aligned at the new floor price of $270, up $30 to $40 from recent lows, whilst the Russian export tax has also been increased. This has made EU, Balkan, Romanian and Bulgarian and French wheat more competitive on an FOB basis. There are unconfirmed reports that the Russian floor price will be raised to $280 and rumours abound that India has bought 7 million tonnes of Russian wheat in a special discounted deal, which, if correct, would necessitate the USDA reworking its global wheat S&D significantly. Whether Russia can accommodate this additional demand remains to be seen and would require unhindered exports throughout the season, which cannot be guaranteed. One Russian analyst increased their Russian wheat crop forecast by 5 million tonnes this week to 92.1. USDA said 85 million tonnes, citing better yields than last year in the Central and Volga regions. And given the USDA's reluctance to accept last season's Russian crop of 104 million tonnes, the USDA said 92, it will be interesting to see if they embrace this latest increase. Heavy rain in Europe has resulted in increased feed wheat supplies in Germany, Poland and the Baltic states, which will impact milling prices and availability. UK wheat is not export competitive currently, with harvest a protracted affair resulting in minimal harvest pressure. The general picture is one of variable quality and yield, with production in a 14 to 14.5 million tonne range. Managed funds have again increased their short positions on seabot wheat and maize, choosing to ignore potential Black Sea issues and pointing to a lack of demand, which appears to be on the increase at the lower end of the market. 
Developments need to be watched in Argentina, where drought shows no sign of abating. Canada, whose crop is getting smaller, and Australia, where El Nino appears to be strengthening. It's worth noting that the last significant El Nino event in 2007 produced a crop of sub-14 million tonnes. On to malting barley, this week's headlines, export and domestic prices ease, quality concerns remain and maltster demand is slow in the forward positions. European and UK prices have come under pressure, eroding the historically high premiums. The spring malting barley harvest has progressed well over the past week and most of the southern and eastern areas are complete. The wet weather has continued to slow progress in the Midlands and Yorkshire and we would estimate that about 30% is still to be cut. Scotland also has about 75% still in the field and the next few days will be dependent on the weather. The quality and yields are variable with higher nitrogens and some skinning issues and if the rain continues germination will be a problem. Scandinavia is being delayed by wet weather and still has 35% to harvest. Quality is a concern and yields have been reduced again. The outcome of the Scottish and Scandinavia harvests will set the direction of the malting barley markets. The already weathered barley in some areas is showing signs of germination and pre-germ issues and anything left in the field could deteriorate. The fact that some of the spring barley area was planted in late April and early May could help maintain the quality as it's only just fit to harvest. With large areas of northern England and Scotland still to harvest, we're reliant on the weather to improve before the final quality of the crop is understood. The domestic malting barley trade is generally slow, with large carryover stocks from last year and uncertainty around demand, maltsters are only looking to buy for spot and not the forward positions. This is also being supported by a big forward price increase, which is stopping spot selling if farmers can store. Current premiums are still historically high and should be taken advantage of if you can. Please consider that weathered malting barley doesn't store well unless it's conditioned and looked after in store, so moving it early will help reduce the risk of intake problems later. This week's oilseed rape headlines, Pro Farmer Crop Tour is in the US Midwest, the US weather remains a worry for soybeans and there are economic concerns. Matif rapeseed is up from the lows of €450 early last week and trading around 470 This week's market focus has been on the Pro Farmer Crop Tour in the US Midwest, examining soybean fields after the prolonged period of drought. Results so far have been mixed. Ohio pod counts were higher than the three-year average, and Indiana's were the strongest in five years. And although Dakota and Nebraska's results were above last year's average, they came short of the three-year average. It has been commented that despite pod counts appearing favourable, rain is needed to complete pod fill and ultimately determine yield. The US weather currently doesn't look favourable for pod filling and very little rain and persistent heat forecasts through to the first week of September. Pressure has come from crude oil, which is trading around $83 a barrel, down from the highs of $86 a barrel two weeks ago, with concerns of rising supply and decreased demand. The August Purchasing Managers Index, the PMI data on Wednesday, raised concerns over the health of economies across the globe, with shrinking factory data in Japan, Eurozone business activity declining, US business activity approaching stagnation point, and Britain's economy looking set to shrink 
in the current quarter. Finally, the grain and oilseed price indicator, starting with feed wheat for September at £170, November at £180, feed barley for September £160, November £165, oilseed rate for September £365 to £370, and November £375 to £380. Thanks for listening. To find out more or to get our OpenView email, please speak to your regular OpenField contact or email us at communications at openfield.co.uk.